<laughs> You're listening to the Winnebus.net Podcast Network. Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 120. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Brad Henderson. Silky Smooth Henderson. If you, if you want to call yourself that, I guess you can. Wait, isn't that what you decided to call myself last time? I called you that, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, See, I, I can call you calling- that, but you can't call yourself that. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm just kidding. I got a weird echo on my, 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 on my microphone. Hello, hello, one, two. Test one, two. Okay. Sounds better now. Weird. It's like if, if I adjust it a certain way, like this weird echo comes through. Mm. One of these days, I'll be able to afford a actual studio someday. Silky, smooth echo shot. If you ever want us to have a professional podcast studio and make it a professional sounding podcast. Uh, Donate buy some, to the Patreon that you never did. Buy some pins. Or pins. There you go. We got pins over at thescreamcast.com. Uh, you can also donate via our PayPal donations. No one's going to donate that. Does we anybody do have, donate PayPal we do donations? Have, we do have some, don, uh, some, don, some donors. You know what? Next week, I will uh, list off our, our donors. I've been meaning to do that, and it is greatly appreciated, all of you Whoa, who have donated. Donors. Uh, I will, I will list, list them off. They're long overdue. And uh, we got to kind of keep that up. But it does help the show. It helps. Uh, hookers and blow. Helps with the hookers and blow. For there you go. Sure. Um, Doing so the blow that. off the hookers. The Patreon thing, man, I keep talking about. I can't and figure this shit out. It's blow. so complicated. You know, you keep you saying to, that. Because you, you have know. to give like, oh, you give this much, you get this price. I don't got shit to give out. But the PayPal thing, if you guys want to, it's like a tip jar. If you want to donate to the show, fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, you want to buy some Mugs, and I got stickers and crap. I got to put up on the website. If I just to, see, I just see a bunch of numbnuts have Patreon, so I don't understand why we can't have one. I just don't, I just don't have time to figure that shit out. Maybe you need to talk to some of the numbnuts out there. All right, anyway, anyway um, <laughs> or everyone has go, a Patreon. Everyone is selling pins. We're 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 behind the curveball. We're behind the ball. Yeah, but our pins are fucking cool. They are pretty fucking badass. I got my my little. Uh, Oily O'Banner right here. Can't wait. You're, uh, you should. You, the next, yeah, the next, the, the last. Ballet, ballet one the, should be coming soon. I think it's Yeah, the final bat should be uh, out very soon if you're listening and received it yet. Yeah, all of you who have purchased uh, the pins, thank you so much. Um, we sold more than I thought. They did better than I thought they would do. Um, and it's just fun seeing them out there. And we have plenty left. We're not like cavity colors. We don't sell out within an hour. Whoa. But uh, we do have a bunch. They are awesome, and uh, order those if you want. Enough of this plugging, this bullshit stuff. I hate it. I really, you know, then we why don't. Why do you do it, Sean? Because you know, we're trying. I'm trying to be better. You know, uh, follow us on Twitter. Scream underscore cast. I see oh, all these Jesus. really professional uh, podcasts. List Damn, all this stuff up. They pre-recorded and they list all of it up front. Uh, we just kind of do it whenever. 
Is it because no one listens to the end of the show on shows? They turn it off. After we're like, we're done. They're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> and talk about coffee, grindhouse, vinegar syndrome. Brad's going to mention class of 1999. <laughs> fuck you guys. And Raiders of Atlantis. Yeah, Raiders of Atlantis. Something uh, blackout. No big deal. So anyway, all of you who, uh, who, Donate to the show, who've contributed to the show by buying, uh, buying our pins or the mugs or whatever. Um, or even you, listening. Thank you so much. Thank There's you that echo so again. much. Where's that echo come from? Oh, my God. Mm. Can we just move on? Today we are going to be talking about Burial Ground, uh, yeah. new, one of the Severin's newest releases. Mm. Uh, pretty excited to talk about this one. That's the noise I make when I think of Burial Ground because I think <laughs> about tit biting. <laughs> We are also bringing back uh, our other segments, Stream Screams and VHS. Oh By my popular God. demand. Hell yes. We'll be talking about P2, and we'll be talking about a movie I discovered thanks to the Splathouse podcast. Uh, it's a movie called Street Soldiers. Mm. So stick around for that. First, we're going to jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow, I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Let me get it, please. You gonna go first? Put it inside. Oh, God. No, I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, like I said, I was on the Splat House podcast, a little Whoa. segment, and... Oh. Uh, they were covering Miami Connection, which is, <laughs> if you haven't seen Miami Connection, stop the show right now and just go watch it. Hilarious. Great stuff. Uh, a 80s flick that was, um, lost and then discovered and brought back by Draft House. Pretty great. So they wanted me to suggest a handful of films that would go along with Miami Connection. They edited my section down to only three movies. Which I won't Whoa. hold that against them. Yeah. Do we need to talk to Mike Delaney? Uh, we might have. We may have to. Might have to. No, I'm just kidding. But um, which is why I wanted to cover Street Street Soldiers a little later because that did not make it into their final cut, and I wanted to make sure that that movie She'd, like talk. Gets you ramble about. about each movie. I don't think I rambled too much. It was like I I set in like a 13 minute file. They edited me down to nine. Jesus Christ! 13 minutes. You're worse than I am. <laughs> Really? You said uh, you covered like a shit ton. Yeah, but I like, dude. I like. I was like thrusting them. Oh well, I I, I, I was like I was like Billy Ocean. I edited I like, in uh, some Better scenes. Get it while you can. Yeah, I edited in some scenes and trailers into the mix. So that's oh, why. Jesus Christ, dude. Dude, I Relax. made it sound good. I made that shit sound good. Anyway, in in, in compiling my list. To talk about, to kind of, you know, suggest some things for Miami Connection. I remembered, Brad, that you had brought up Andy Sedaris. Yeah. And I had not seen any Andy Sedaris flicks at the time. Mm. I spent five whole dollars and I mm. got a good five dollars. A 12 film set called Girls, Guns, and G Strings. Yes. The, the Andy Sedaris collection. Uh, so the movies I watched were uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii mm. and Malibu Express. And hot yes. damn, hot damn, what have I been missing? 
Why haven't I seen these any uh, anytime sooner, Brad? Why didn't you force me to watch some Andy Sedaris flicks? You know, I uh, um, I've mentioned <laughs> it a few times, Sean, and I, I can't help that you, you know, obviously don't listen to me. I can't help that, but I'll, I'll let you pass. I'll let you have a pass. Hold on, my my wife heard me from the other room, and she's scolding me via text message. Uh, <laughs> you're getting it out of context. You're not hearing it within context. <laughs> what was the um? Oh, because of your because uh, there's G strings in the title of the set. Ah, uh, yeah, get it, Sean. G strings yeah. in the title. Anyway, these movies are hilarious. Um, campy stuff. Hard ticket to Hawaii has a scene. Where our uh, main character takes out a guy with a bladed frisbee. Mm. That's Fantastic. what I'm talking about. So good stuff. Um, I'm excited to check out all these other flicks on this DVD set. Good old Mill Creek coming through for five dollars. That's what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> you just gotta get it. All right, get it. There's also I think they like re-released it. They've released, um, like, his movies on, like, a handful of times, I think. No, no, no. They, like, released another 12-film set as the Andy Sedaris collection that they just changed the title to Bullets, Bombs, and Babes. See, I wouldn't get in trouble if I would have said that title. You should have bought that one. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they are the same. I have no idea. This yeah, this $5. yeah. They, they just re-released them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a great set, and there's some, uh, you know, there's... Some great callbacks to each film as Andy Sedaris goes on, but yeah, it's um, it's beautiful, <laughs> highly entertaining. Uh, next up, I finally cracked open my uh, Vestron Video Collector series uh, Blu-ray of Waxwork and Waxwork Two, and I. Thought I'd seen these movies. I think it's been such a long time. I don't remember them that much. Um, I know for sure I've seen Waxwork 2. Couldn't remember if I've seen, seen Waxwork 1. Anyway, these look incredible. Uh, Waxwork is, is a lot of fun. Uh, I had a, a blast revisiting it or visit. I can't, maybe I saw it for the first time. I don't know, but, um, I had a blast with this thing. Good old Zach Galligan from, uh, you almost said Galifianakis. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, from Gremlins and Gremlins Two is in it, so it's always good to see him and other and other stuff. But a lot of fun. If you haven't seen Waxwork, uh, it's it, I I hey, highly recommend. You, can it. you do me a favor and just say Waxworks? It's it's Waxwork. Waxworks. Waxworks. It's Waxwork. It's the name of the film. I have, I'm looking at the case right now. I'm just saying it's Waxworks. <laughs> anyway, um. They, uh, the Soul of Vestron series is, these discs are stacked. There's a, there's like an hour and a half documentary on, on freaking Waxwork. It's an, it's, it's a thing of beauty. They both have commentaries. So if you're kind of on the fence about, you know, spending the money for these Vestron video Blu-rays, they're worth it. Um, and if, if you're a fan of the film, uh, I know for sure I'll be getting, uh, Night of the Living Dead 3. I'm still on the fence about Chud 2. But if they put, like, if, if there's, like, a two-hour documentary on Chud 2, I might just buy it for that. 
because mm. it's like the care that they're putting into these these films is just unbelievable. So you're getting your money's worth for these. They're not sing, they're not bare bones, you know, bullshit releases. They're 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 definitely doing things these right. And apparently, I read that they've been trying to get this on the ground. Like a few people over at Lionsgate have been trying to get this off the ground for like the past two years, and the executives at Lionsgate kept saying no because they're like, no, it'll never sell. It'll never sell. You know, it's not worth it. And uh, I'm glad that these, uh, whoever was, you know, pushing for this finally kept on pushing because it's uh, it's paying off, I believe. Mm, get I, it. I read that uh, Chopping Mall is their bestseller. So oh, far. it's been doing Gangbusters. Yeah. All right. Gangbusters, damn, Sean. Yeah. yeah. Watch out! Using some. No, it's it's, it's funny because yeah, it's it's wax it's wax work, but it sounds so weird when you say it. <laughs> it's wax like, work, and then wax work two, lost in time, which I I know I, I understand. I, I know wax work, wax work two works. gets bonkers. Maybe I, maybe it's just how I say it. It's just how you say it. Yeah, it just sounds like it sounds like you're putting like a hard stop. You're like wax work. That's all I hear. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. All right, and finally, um, this was a timely flick that I saw. It's it's uh, it's new. It just came out, and it stars Daniel Radcliffe and Tony Collette. It's called Imperium. Um, some people saw this at some festivals or something. It got kind of middling reviews from there, but I know that on Rotten Tomatoes it had a decent score. I don't know. But this is about uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays an FBI agent who goes undercover to infiltrate some uh, little white supremacy supremacist uh, cells in order to try to find because uh, there's rumors that they could be building you know bombs and trying to do some sort of a uh, terror attack to kind of um, uh, model after like the Oklahoma City bombing and something like that. So he goes undercover to try to find out which group is doing it. And it, um, it's kind of on the nose in dealing with this whole white supremacy thing. But um, there's a lot of like montages of like Nazi Germany and things like that, you know, when they're trying to explain like um, each of these groups, because there's different factions. There's like the there's like the neo-Nazi skinheads. There's like the uh, um, people actually kind of want like a third Reich. They wear the uniforms and they're on a compound. And then there's more of kind of like the alt right type people, which are uh, which is in the news very timely right now. But um, but you know more like families, uh, soft spoken people who are just just believe you know this certain way in, in this white power. And and, and I don't know, I've found all that those aspects of the film like very cool and and very um, like like I said, just with everything that's going on right now with this crazy election passing and all the bullshit that's going on. Uh, it was very interesting to see these different types of, you know, of white power. Cause you think you just think of kind of like the Nazi skinhead type guys, but it was interesting, interesting to see that there was, you know, as you get in deeper, there's people who are in, you know, they have regular jobs in politics and in, in the communities and they have these beliefs and they're fighting for these beliefs in, in their own way. So Danny Radcliffe, uh, always pretty solid. It's kind of weird. He does a very strict, like English accent or, or American accent. Since so he, he's so like British that it's kind of hard to take him, you know, with that accent, but he does a good job. Like, I think it's a really good flick. It's not this like nail biting thriller that I think the trailer tried to sell it as. It's more of a drama, more like about how someone can get, 
really sucked into this type of um, these types of groups and believe these types of things. Like it really, for me, like it really kind of explained uh, a lot, a lot of that sometimes a little too on the nose. Um, but uh, I, I dug it S- small, little kind of independent, I guess thriller, but for me it was more like a kind of a, you know, crime drama. So uh, check it out. If you, if you're in- interested in that um, it's called Imperium. So, mm. you know, it's probably going to be. It's one of those. It'll be on Netflix or something like that. Easy and cheap. Um, Thank you to rent. Easy. That's like yeah. That's like easy and cheap. Especially like when we, as we near the holidays. Mm. All right, man. Well, uh, you know, I had a, uh, I had a movie that I forgot to talk about last show. Um, probably thankfully since it went over for so long. <laughs> um, but I actually ended up watching, um, because of my family, um, I had no interest in it really, um, was Independence Day Resurrection or Resurgence, right? Yes, oh, you're, you're bringing this up. Uh, okay. Well, well, I watched it too. Yeah. This is, uh, probably, I'll simply say it's one of the worst things I've ever <laughs> watched. Um, it's just it's a total piece of shit. I and actually, I, I, I actually uh, really dug it. You would because <laughs> I it, don't know. You know, it's 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 literally <laughs> probably the most inept thing I've seen in the longest time. And I'm sorry if you like that. If you like this movie, you're just a complete. Fool. Well, <laughs> well, for me, it's like it's a sequel to Independence Day. Like Independence Day is no, it's not as hell. Well, yeah, it's hokey as hell, but there was like some like something for everybody to latch on to, no matter who you were. And I've never been a huge fan of Independence Day because I thought it was goofy from the start. Mm-hmm. But this piece of shit, <laughs> dude, it is insane. Like I felt like I like I I felt like the filmmakers were fucking with us. Like I just I I really think they were like, well, let's see how stupid we could actually really get. And see if people will actually watch this piece of shit. And people did. Like, it's really, like, it's one of, like, I would say it's the worst movie I've seen in a long, long, long time. Wow. <laughs> I just had fun with it, man. I don't know. No, there, no there's no fun. There's really? No fun of, no, there's absolutely <laughs> no fun it. about this movie. There's no fun to it. Like, I mean, literally, they... The the futuristic stuff is cool. They use the alien technology to like you know make their moon base and all right. They have all Let's, the spaceships and the guns. There's some ten year war that we never saw in like Africa. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. I just it was stupid, but I just totally went along with it. My my I watched it with my kids and they were into it because they liked the first one. I don't know, man. We had a fun family time with it. I well, it's stupid my, as my, shit. My family absolutely hated it. Wow. And I, I actually, Janice, like, usually this is what happens, is that if we're watching something stupid, um, Janice, I usually look over at Janice, and then she catches me looking at her, and she goes, don't. Because she knows I'm going to say something snarky, like I'm going <laughs> to laugh, and I'm going to ruin her movie experience, which I try not to do. But I caught ourselves looking at each other probably for half the movie, like, Looking at it, just trying to decipher, is this real? <laughs> like, even after it was over, I felt like I just sat there as like, wait, like, 
did I just witness? Like, what did I watch? Like, I was really puzzled. And this is, the like, one of the first times this has ever happened to me. Come on, they got the big Godzilla-type mother alien, you know, that's inside a bigger mother alien as it's running across the desert. Sure. Sure. It's 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 the worst thing I've I've seen, and I dude, and I've watched a lot of not that great movies this uh, year, and this is by far probably the worst of the worst. Wow, I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know. No, I, it's like, it's truly a piece of sci-fi shit. popcorn entertainment. No, <laughs> no, there's way more inter- dude. There's so many great movies out there that this movie doesn't even deserve to be made. Wow. It doesn't even deserve to be watched. Um, All right. Now I can safely say that because that movie made its fucking money and they're going to do a fucking (laughs) third one with one of the worst, dumbest fucking endings to Resurgence Uh, when they're like, oh, we're going to go get them now. (laughs) Okay, go have some fucking fun. I'll sit at home and watch something. Uh, All right. Um, It's it's fine, man. Agree or disagree. uh Uh-huh. And then the next film that I watch... (laughs) Uh, that Janice really liked. Uh, this is we did like you know she was she was uh, recovering from some surgery, so you know my days at home I spent watching a lot of films with her, uh, stuff that I wanted to watch, stuff that she wanted to watch, stuff that both of us wanted to watch. Um, so we, we got around to watching The Legend of Tarzan, <laughs> which is not as bad as I was gonna. I thought it was going to be. It's not great. It's by on, it's, it's on my to watch list is right here sitting next to me. Um, you bought it? It's $14. I couldn't help oh, myself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I had no idea Samuel L. Jackson's in it, which is something that, I need that's to That's what tipped like, it over the edge for me. I was like, God I just damn. need to think like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. Samuel L. Jackson is going to show up at some point in the film. Um, but it, it's okay, but don't like worry about I'll probably this. love it because I liked Independence Day Resurgence. So I'll probably think this is the greatest thing ever made. You're going to love Legend of Tarzan. <laughs> You're going to love the ending. Jesus. Um, and then, of course, with Willow, I watched uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles Out of the Shadows. I don't know if I mentioned Did I mention that last time? I, thought, I don't remember. I thought maybe someone did. I it's it's whatever. I mean, it's I might, like I may have. the first one. Um, it's I. And then, and then, uh, did we talk about Star Trek Beyond? No. You told me you watched it, but we haven't talked about it. Oh, like, dude, Star Trek Beyond is the shit. It's awesome. Dude, like, a fucking, like, I, I was a huge fan of Star Trek. I'm not even, like, I don't even, I'm talking about, like, the film. I, I don't really care about the older movies. It's Those don't appeal to me. I, I'm not a, you know, I don't really care. But, you know, J.J. Abrams was making it. Chris Pine was in it. It had a good cast. So I went to go see Star Trek when it was out in theaters, and I fucking adored it. Uh, when um, uh, what uh, Star Trek in the Darkness came out, I, I didn't make it to the theater because it was just one of those times where, you know, you miss something. But when it came out on Blu-ray, I watched it. I fucking loved it. Even though people were kind of like, eh. You know, I, I, I was still a big fan. In the Darkness? But, I, 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 think I thought right. it was great. Yeah. Uh, but Star Trek Beyond is just so fucking good. I feel like, like they're finally able to have fun, and that and that's dude. This movie you know, is a fucking blast. And you yeah. want to talk about fun, dude? Now this is fun. 
No, this is inherently funny. way better film than Independence Day Resurgence. That Dude, watching don't... paint dry is better than Independence Day. <laughs> um, but Star Trek Beyond, it's 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 goofy. It's funny as shit. It's got great characters. It has wonderful chemistry. You know, it has plenty of different stories going on. The movie's got so much. It's got a great villain. It has uh, a cool, like, new, you know, uh, I forget her name now. But anyways, the warrior yeah, that they yeah, get she's up awesome. with. She's fucking great. Um, dude, when they f- play fucking sabotage and just <laughs> rip fucking shit up, it's so good. Um, I loved it. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it because it's popular, so I won't spend too much time on it. Um, but anyways, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, next up, I believe BJ talked about this uh, a while back, but I was going to reiterate. Um, I got around to watching... Um, uh, I say I can't now. I can't even say it. Uh, Gatsby. I say Gatsby, but I guess it's Giuseppe, which sounds better. So I watched Giuseppe makes a movie, oh, yeah, which yeah. is an Adam Rifkin documentary. Um, Adam Rifkin directed, of course, about uh, here. I'm going to say Giuseppe Andrews, who is a very very familiar face. We talked about Independence Day. He's in that. Um, you know, he's, uh, he was in Cabin Fever, he plays the cop, he was in Detroit Rock City, he plays Lex, um, you know, just a very familiar face. He worked on the Diane Keaton movie, um, he, he's been around, he's been around the block a few times. Well, anyways, this documentary is about him making films, uh, he's been a filmmaker for many years, um, uh, just making, uh, he kind of abandoned everything. Because um, I guess I got burnt out in the limelight. There, is that what you call it, limelight? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of got, you know, it seems that he got burnt out. He didn't like go downhill or anything like that. But it makes it, it looks like it from the outside because he moved into a trailer park. Uh, he uh, basically, before he moved in the trailer park, he met this guy named Ed, who they spent a, a good portion of uh, their life together. Um, Ed's older, he's retired, he used to be a guitarist for the Bee Gees, and now he just, like, you know, has a bunch of fucking money, and he produces, um, you know, uh, Giuseppe's, uh, films. And so, he just makes these wacko films, you know, really great, but he hires, um, homeless people. Um, and and it's not, like, exploitive or anything like that. He is friends with these people. Um, he uses them on all his movies, um, they're reoccurring actors. Um, so we follow, um, Zeppi making this film called, um, uh, Garbanzo Gas. And the documentary is about his, uh, you know, this is like his like 13th feature or something like that, making a film called Garbanzo Gas. Uh, from start to finish, he's going to film it in 48 hours. Um, and he's probably, and he said he's going <laughs> to edit it and complete it that night. Um, so it's about his, his, you know, meeting these people. It's very invasive, but like I said, it's not exploitive at all because he's not making fun of these people. He's not using them because they're wacky. Like these people legitimately want to be actors and love doing it. And, you know, he gives them some meals and some beer and they have a good time. And these are literally his friends. They're, like I said, it's not any means where he like, you know, just goes around and pick up homeless people and like it turns into some bum fight bullshit. No, like he legitimately cares about these people. Like, there's even a part. It's so it's it, it's gross, but it also shows how much like it means. 
is that, you know, he has a, a one guy, uh, Tyree, who's, uh, you know, fucking in his 80s or something, and he keeps shitting his pants uh, during his scenes. And Giuseppe, like, takes him in the bathroom and, like, cleans him up. And, you know, he's like, man, don't worry about it. It's cool. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, no, man, fuck it. He's like, it's cool. You know, you're here, you're hanging out. You know, you're making a movie with me. It's it's fucking cool. And what what I love about the documentary, too, is it doesn't – it's so normal. It's on such a normal plane because every time you – not every time, but a lot of times when you watch a documentary, it's like event after event after event. And it's like, wow, you, you live a really exciting life if all this shit's happening to you. And it's just it, – it's all a setup. It's just a setup to make the person look better, make it, make it funny. Like this is just on a normal plane. Like there's nothing outrageous that happens. There's like one like crazy part that happens, but it's – you know, it's totally believable. And I love how this is just a normal life, a Giuseppe, over these, like, two days. And, you know, how intimate it is uh, with him and his work. It's truly a spectacular documentary. Definitely in my top ten of the year, hands down. Like, just such a fucking great doc. Great movie. Um, very charismatic people. I mean, Giuseppe is just, you know, adorable. He really is. He's just, he's very sweet. You know, he's so down to earth. Yeah, he's a little, you know, cuckoo at times. But, I mean, he's, uh, you know, Garbanzo Gas might not be, you know, Independence Day Resurgence or anything to you, Sean. <laughs> but, you know, he's making movies that he's really passionate about. They're goofy. Like, Garbanzo Gas is about a, go- a, a, a cow who gets an all expense, like, all paid expense trip in a hotel for like two days before he has to go to the slaughterhouse. And he has like a bum dress up in a, uh, you know, um, a, uh, um, a cow outfit. And then he's in this hotel room and all this shit goes crazy. And, uh, Cinelis, first off, Cinelis just put this, uh, film out the, the, the team that brought out Belladonna sadness that I talked about on the last show. Um, they put this out. Garbanzo gas is a feature on, um, on the disc as well. As well as, you know, of course, the documentary. Um, and it's it's stacked with special features, stacked with interviews. They're all, like, everything about this, like, it, like the whole entire package is just watchable over and over and over again. And after I watched it, uh, I showed it to a bunch of friends. And I was like, you know, you guys are going to fucking love this shit. And everybody was just, like, all over it. And I was just so happy that... I wasn't the only crazy person because, I mean, obviously there is some kind of cuckoo stuff that's happening in, in, in the dock and, you know, his life. But it's such just it's, it's just beautiful. Like Adam Rifkin has always been one of my favorite directors and I'm a little biased when it comes to him, of course. But, you know, it, it's it, it's so much not an Adam Rifkin joint because it doesn't feel like that at all. Because you don't even feel like Adam Rifkin's there. It's just like feels like a floating camera. Like Giuseppe's not even like doing anything for the camera. Like he tells the camera what he's doing and like what he's going to do. But when he's on set talking to his people, like he's so focused in the filmmaking process, the camera, you don't even feel like, you know, anybody's there, like a documentary crew. And I imagine it's just fucking Adam Rifkin with a DV camera sitting in a corner. Like it's so, it's so great. Like you watch it. It's so charming. Everybody's charismatic. It's just, such a great piece of work. So uh, go see it. And you actually get to see, you know, uh, Giuseppe has a few songs in this. And, dude, the guy is a fucking, 
He's got some hits. <laughs> like he, his music is really fucking good. Um, but anyways, uh, go go watch it. Trust me, it's it's definitely one of the best things you'll uh, see this year. Um, and then I watched uh, All Through the House, um, which is uh, kind of an independent uh, slasher Christmas uh, um, Santa killer thing that just came out. Jessica Cameron's in it. Sadly, she's only in it for a little bit. They should have put her in the whole entire movie, in my opinion, because the guy cast his wife in this, and it just seems like she got the job because it was his wife. Mm. Um, no, I don't mean no slam anything, but it was. It's just it's a little it's a little on the goofy side of you know not like silly, but just it's just not well put together. Like a lot of scenes, like and I, I don't mean to like you know nitpick, which I am. Um, like a lot of scenes, they didn't even know how to fucking light, so they just shine a light on the actors, like a fucking flashlight, and that takes me out of a movie. Like if you like, I understand lighting might not be all that great, but like when you don't know how to fucking light a scene, so you just put a spotlight that's from your camera on your actors, and they're like blinded and they're squinting. You got a fucking problem. <laughs> like, you know. Um, however, you know, it's it's a Santa killer Christmas thing. It, it has its moments. But um, there's a lot of dick mutilation. <laughs> so that might be your thing. Huh. Um, but anyways, moving on. Um, next up was uh, Under the Shadow. Now, this film got a lot of buzz at uh, festivals. Um, and I see why. It's definitely a decent, uh, a decent flick. Um, it's a story about um, a Middle Eastern family where the father is, um, you know, he, he's he's a doctor. Uh, his wife is studying to try to be a doctor. She kind of gets booted from her um, from her school. Uh, then the father is recruited to go into war um, because it's obviously set, you know, in, in uh, modern times a few years ago. Uh, so he is drafted and he goes away. Um, and the mother is depressed because she obviously can't go to school, um, taking care of their young daughter who keeps saying that she sees something in their apartment. Um, and they're also she's also scared to death because bombs might drop on them. Um, but she stays behind with the tenants and they encounter um, something supernatural. It has some great moments. It has some great scares. Um, it's very well done, very impressive, um, and I suggest that you watch it. Can't really go into much more detail because obviously you kind of give stuff away. So I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, next up was uh, The Pack. Scream Thackeray IFC released this. About a pack of wolves that attack a family. Um, spend your time and watch the breed instead. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love the breed. It's, the it's, breed's it's, badass. I was not a fan of the pack, uh, and we're not talking about the Joe Don Baker film uh, from the seven, 1977. We're talking about the modern one um, that's really slow. Um, and what I actually did end up watching that I really, really liked. Um, for a found footage movie, uh, I haven't talked about found footage movies in a while, just because they're in abundance and they're not very good for the most part. Um, I watched Hell House LLC, 
which is about a group of, uh, you know, haunted house people that, you know, they rent out an old abandoned uh, inn and they turn it into a haunted house. And the, and, and the documentary follows 28 days of them setting up this house and then encountering, uh, you know, supernatural spirits. Um, it's really well done. It's extremely effective. There's some fantastic scares, like legitimate frightening scares. They don't, you know, blow its load all at the end. They started in the very beginning trying to freak you out. They do a goddamn good job. Um, I gave it three out of five stars, and I almost, almost gave it four. Almost a five if they would really would, would have shined at the end. I just wasn't a fan of how every, like, the climax. Um, however, it doesn't hurt the film. It just, it made me like it a little. It didn't make me, it wasn't a four or a five. But um, of all the found footage movies I see in a year, this is definitely one of the better ones. So uh, definitely ch- check it out. And then I got around to watching, um, I talked about this film before, I got around to watching, however, the extended cut, A Suicide Squad, and just for people to know, there's not much to it as far as extended cut. It's two extra scenes. The two scenes are great because they basically are very much character building. Um, However, it's just, it's the exact same movie. Uh, no extra shit other than two extra scenes. So don't give your hopes up. I really think there's a director's cut out there. Uh, you know, maybe even never got to that. I feel uh, like I don't know, man. It's 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 uh, it's odd. Um, so um, and next up, I got around to um, Orson Welles' The Mortal Story, which was uh, something that I always heard about because this is like it's a 58 minute uh, feature. From Orson Welles, it was meant to be uh, kind of a a first. It was the first part of um, kind of a, a two part uh, uh, anthology that um, Orson Welles was trying to do. The second half, uh, because of funding and all this other bullshit, he kind of closed down the deal. Um, he basically had this love for this. Uh, for this uh, lady, uh, Karen uh, Blixen, who he became obsessed with her work and wanting to make films out of her work. Um, and so he, t- he took this, uh, basically this poem, uh, you know, short story poem that she wrote and, and ma- made, uh, you know, his, his film out of it. And then he was going to use her other works to uh, basically make this uh, anthology of, um, of, of her work as far as features. And this is, uh, it was his like this was his uh, step into uh, Fr- uh, you know French cinema. It was it was uh, made in France. It was you know premiered on television, and then later on went into uh, went theatrical, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, you know who Orson Welles was. His movies are being debuted on television and going to theaters, and he obviously he wasn't super proud of it because of everything that happened uh, behind it. Um, However, it's 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 not a bad uh, bad film by any means, and so I don't, I don't think Orson Welles was meaning that it was terrible. He just I guess he wasn't happy with the end product and kind of everything that followed him trying to make uh, this, uh, like I said, this anthology of you know one of his beloved you know writers that he he uh, loved so much. Um, 
but uh, you know, just just it, it, it's kind of a, a, a slower story. Um, Orson Welles plays this man, um, uh, Mr. Clay, who is um, who who's told about this this kind of this peasant guy. He's Jewish, but this peasant guy tells him of a story about this um, uh, basically this woman that. This couple, he he's allowed to impregnate this woman uh, for a trade. So he wants to kind of live out this story. So he has uh, someone try to find uh, a man and a woman to kind of live out. I mean, it's not even really a fantasy, but just um, part of this whole uh, plan. And he ends up picking uh, a woman uh, whose father was one of uh, you know Clay's ex employees and um it kind of turns into events because she knows who he is um kind of interesting um you know a little bit sexy at times um i was reading that charles um um oh charles uh orson wells was not a fan of cinematography or the color and i thought it was great i thought the colors were um vibrant i i i i, I enjoy the cinematogra- cinematography it's very misty and very dark um you know and it just fits with kind of the story they're telling as well because it is kind of twisted but it's presented in such a way where it's not as uh dirty or you know as crazy as it actually sounds it sounds like you know it sounds like something really crazy, but it's not. It's presented in such a way where it's, you know, very much just a you know, kind of a straight drama. So if you're in Orson Welles, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, I think any Orson Welles fans will enjoy it because he kind of he has a really really uh, interesting career. And then uh, last up is um, I was super excited to actually watch this. Um, this is one of the films I haven't seen by Takeshi Katano, but Film Movement has released two Takeshi Katano films, his first film, which was Violent Cop, which I'm a huge fan of, and then uh, Boiling Point, which I've never seen, so I jumped right on this um, uh, quickly. If you don't know who uh, Takeshi Katano is, you might want to look that up. He is a fantastic director. Um, He's a great actor, um, but his directing skills are top notch. And he was obviously a huge inspiration for me because he can just look at the camera. He can have a scene that's just very small, but so heavy hitting because he's just like, I don't know. He's very intimidating and he's, he's intimidating on screen. He's intimidating behind the camera. Um, but boiling point is about a baseball team um, that basically focuses on two uh, baseball players who kind of like, you know, just live normal lives, who really don't give a fuck about anything, play baseball, go to work. And their boss is threatened uh, by the Yakuza um, from kind of a fault of one, one of the baseball players, the kind of our lead character. Um, and to seek revenge, uh, they um, head off to Okinawa to purchase guns from a gangster who turns out to be Takeshi Kitano. And they kind of dive into the criminal world um, and learn about Kitano's, like, you know, past and his history and what he's planning on doing. Um, and they're just there to buy guns. And it, um, 
you know, it, it, don't think this is some big action movie because Katano's not about a lot of a lot of action. He's more or less about kind of just um, intimidating, subtle scenes. Um, if you if you ever watch a Katano flick, you'll know like he he'll, he'll just have a scene where like in, in a film called Sonatine, he he directed. He just shoots a guy like that's in a chair. And then he just like stares at him like and the camera doesn't move. It just stares at Katano and Katano's just kind of like looking at the dead body like for almost like a minute. Doesn't say anything, doesn't move, just looks at him. And people are me like, oh, that's boring. It's something about Katano's like presence on the film or in like I said, in in the film and behind the camera. He just gives this like just weird vibe like, man, this is like it's chilling is what it is. And, and that's kind of how Boiling Point is, because he's kind of over the top uh, in in Boiling Point, like, to the point where, you know, he has, like, one of the gangsters, like, sleep with his girlfriend, and then he, like, beats the shit out of the gangster and his girlfriend, because he's like, you fucked my girlfriend, now I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, and they're like that too. They're like, what the hell? You told us to do this. And he's like, you know, fuck you. And he starts just beating the shit out of people. And that's kind of how the whole film is. Um, but uh, he's really heavy hitting. He's a, he's a great director. I would definitely track down his work. Um, so I was really excited to watch Boiling Point, And it, it, it just, like, I loved every minute of it because I, I just like that, uh, you know, that presence, like I said, on screen that Katano gives. It's just so intimidating. Um you know, he's just so mean looking. Uh, and then, you know, he's from, you find out he's from most extreme challenge, even though he's not playing a joke in there. It's just the voiceovers are funny, but, um, he's, he's a really, I, I mean, everybody will know battle Royale. He's the announcer in battle Royale and just that, you know, character alone, how he just doesn't really give a shit. You know, he's fucking killing students. He's, you know, announcing like, hey, this is great. Everybody's having a great time. Let's kill each other. And that's kind of how he is in general uh, through his films. He's just a very, he doesn't have any emotion on his face. He's never scared. He's never happy. It just looks like he's wanting, he's just planning on hurting you. And that's what I love about uh, about him, and I just I think it's great. And he he directed and edited this in this in this film. This is a second second film, and he's just he, he's just top notch. He's a he's a great director. So definitely definitely check it out. Nice. And I think I think that's it. That's it, man. Oh, by the way, I watched Lights Out. Forgot to mention that. <clears throat> I'm yeah. I mentioned that. Uh, what, you you mentioned it. You're a little you're a little nicer about it. You you actually yeah. recommended it. I I, I think I don't it's a mind it. brilliant concept with the bullshit script and some horrible char- characters. That's it. That's all I gotta say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I I don't expect a lot of people to like it. I I think it's an effective horror film for what it's trying to do. Yeah. Great. I mean, God, the the idea is fantastic. The beginning of the movie is pretty great, and then it kind of de- devolves from there a little bit. But I love the gags. I think the gags are great. All right. So what, what we got next, Sean? Let's move Aerial into ground. let's move into news with Josh Obershaw, and we'll be right back talking some burial ground. Josh Obershaw, what's up, man? Oh. 
so full. <laughs> and it's not even fucking Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> There's a lot you, on son? our collector's plate. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And not enough money to grab all this. Exactly. Yeah, well, there's one that I'm really, really excited about that I want to uh, go into really quick. It comes out on December 13th, and that's the uh, the Creep Show Limited Edition from Arrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, this thing is packed. I mean, we've got not only a 2K restoration, but um, there's uncompressed audio, of course. Plus, you got the 5.1 surround audio option. Uh, there's a limited edition booklet entitled Creep Show to Pinfall. This features a never before seen comic adaptation of the unfilmed Creep Show 2 segment Pinfall, Ooh. and it's drawn by artist uh, Jason Mayo, which uh, I'm not too familiar with the uh, the unfilmed segment, so I'm very, very curious to know more about that. Uh, there's an, also an audio commentary with director Michael Gornick, Poncho's Last Ride, which is a brand new interview with actor Daniel Beer. The Road to Dover, a brand new interview with actor Tom Wright. Screenplay for a sequel. This is an interview with uh, George Romero. Tales from the Creep is an interview with uh, Tom Savini. Nightmares in Foam Rubber. This is an archive uh, featurette on the special effects of Creep Show 2, including interviews with effects artist Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero. Plus, we also got my friend Rick, which is Howard Berger, on his uh, special effects mentor, Rick Baker. There's behind-the-scenes footage and image gallery trailers, TV spots. There's also another collector's booklet, which uh, features new writing on the film by festival programmer uh, Michael Blythe. Now, there is a, a special edition version of this same release, too. The only things that are missing from that are the uh, the comic adaptation of Pitfall and the collector's booklet. But, yeah, Wow. And I don't. I don't That's think some it's good that. Stuff. If you can lock your order in, uh, I don't think it's that much more expensive. I mean, it's it's basically like you're you're paying for the extra comic book, right? So it's not that much, uh, not that crazy. You know what I mean? No, I think the it's, difference. No, I, yeah, I think it, I think the difference is only like a couple of bucks. So yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely going for for the the limited one if I can get my hands on that. Yep. Cool. Uh, speaking of Arrow, we actually have their lineup for the, uh, February. And in addition to We Are the Flesh and what else? We got Tower of London. We also have the, um, I think this is the Japanese, the original Japanese version of Pulse. Yes. Yeah. Filmmaker Kiyoshi Kurosawa. That's going to be a UK US release. But the one that I really want to mention that's coming out, I believe this is also Oh yeah, this is a US only release. It's for Psychomania. Yes. Here's a synopsis. Uh for those of you not familiar, uh let's see, The Living Dead or a delinquent biker game fond of causing havoc on British roadways and making out in graveyards. Gang leader Tom also has a satanist for a mother and when he discovers the secret of immortality, the name of his Motley crew takes on a more literal meaning. The special features, and there's uh, plenty of those to behold. There's a 2K restoration, the original mono audio, English subtitles, a brand new interview with star Nikki Henson, 
an archive featurette called Return of the Living Dead, containing interviews with actors Henson, Mary Larkin, Dennis Gilmore, Roy Holder, and Rocky Taylor. Sound of Psychomania, an archive interview with composer John Cameron, and a whole bunch of other stuff, too. I mean, it, this is definitely one to look out for if you're a fan of that movie. So that's, and let's see, the specific release date for that is February 21st. Sweetness. So moving right along. Oh, let me just uh, narrow down this one. Okay, for those of you who missed out on um, previous editions of the David Bowie movie, The Man Who Fell to Earth, or um, maybe you don't have a region-free player, guess what? Lionsgate is putting out a, uh, a restoration, a limited collector's edition Blu-ray with a new 4K scan of The Man Who Fell to Earth, starring David Bowie, Rip Torn, Candy Clark, and Buck Henry. And that one's coming out on January 24th. So if you're if you're like and me and uh, got all excited and bought the UK version and spent like $45 on that, uh, you're kicking yourself right now. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Thanks, Lionsgate. <laughs> I, I just got it in the mail and then uh, from the UK, and I was all excited. And then like the next day, I saw that announcement. Oh, so shit. I, of course, I'd already <laughs> opened it all and looked at everything. It's a beautiful set, so yeah, it is what it is. You win some, right. you lose some. Exactly. Well, I guess, should I even go into the special features? Because I'm pretty sure they're maybe identical. I'm not sure. I, no, I think I, they're, yeah, I think they're exactly, exactly the same. I didn't really talk, we haven't really talked about it on the show at all. So um, it's a beautiful look. I started watching it the other day. Cool. Yeah, I just actually, uh, me being a big fan of David Bowie, I mean, he's my favorite singer, period. I can't believe that I, uh, you know, I was late to the party on this one, but I did, uh, it did come on TV the day after he died, and um, it's it's a beautiful looking movie, that's for sure. And I just can't wait to see, you know, a, a Blu-ray scan of this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that there's no, like, Criterion, you know, had its release and it went out of print, and that thing's been you know, crazy expensive. So I'm just, I mean, I'm just glad yeah, it's somewhat it's, affordable now. And it, either way, it's, you know, I got it at an affordable price. Yeah, that is true because the day after I saw the movie, I looked it up and the criterion was going for like 224 yeah. bucks. on Amazon. <laughs> well, given the circumstances at the time, that kind of made sense. So sad. All right, moving right along, we've got some Screen Factory stu- stuff. I mean, it wouldn't be news without Screen Factory stuff. And uh, this one is actually pretty uh, recent news. We've got details on the Slumber Party Massacre 2 and 3 double feature Blu-ray. This one's coming out on January 17th. Uh, Slumber, Pas- Slumber Party Massacre 2 bonus features includes the original 76-minute R-rated version and an extended 85-minute unrated cut, which is in standard definition, I might add. The R-rated version is in HD, but the unrated cut is standard. Just a warning. Hmm. Uh, there's an audio commentary with writer, director, producer Deborah Brock, produce, producer Don Daniel, and story editor Beverly Gray. Sleepless Nights, revisiting the Slumber Party Massacres. This is a three-part documentary. Uh, plus theatrical trailer, a video trailer, and a still gallery. Now, the special features for number three, original 75-minute R-rated version, which is HD, an extended 87-minute unrated cut. This one is in HD, 
with standard def definition inserts. Again, fair warning. Audio commentary with director Sally Madison, actress Hope Marie Carlton, Brandy Burkett, and story editor Bar uh, Beverly Gray, excuse me. Plus a theatrical trailer and still gallery. So coupled with this in the Blu-ray of the original film, yes, your Slumber Party Massacre collection will be complete very, very, very soon. And next up, uh, one, a newer movie that came out and I guess has been pretty well praised, which is considering because the original film didn't get as much praise, and that's <laughs> Ouija, Origin of Evil. Yeah, I hear that. I hear this and is really this one good. Is, yeah, I was actually kind of stunned because you know when Ouija came out and everybody just, I guess, it just didn't really like it too much, and then this one comes out and everybody seems to like it. Yeah, I think you know. So if you didn't get a chance, yeah, if you didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, uh, you can get it on also on January seventeenth. And there's a making of. There's a featurette called "Home Is Where the Horror Is." Another featurette uh, called The Girl Behind Doris, and a commentary with director, co-writer, and editor Mike Flanagan. Sweet. So we got some uh, pretty good ones coming out at the beginning of the year. What else have I got? Okay, Blue Underground is also relieving, uh, releasing, excuse me, relieving... Well, considering <laughs> considering the movie that... <laughs> Whatever. That was me trying to be funny and fa and falling flat on my face. So <laughs> happens never mind. to me every day. But Blue anyway. Underground are <laughs> okay. Well, Blue Underground is putting out uh, Love Camp number seven on Blu-ray. This one's coming out on January thirty-first. Uh, this is one's. It's a Nazi exploitation movie from the seventies. It's actually um, considered the start of the Nazi exploitation craze of the seventies. There's a new 4K restoration from the original camera ne negative, Nazi-thon, Decade and Destruction. Theatrical trailer, poster and still gallery, a collectible booklet featuring the history of Nazi exploitation by Paolo Zolotti, and a reversible sleeve. Moving right along for uh, people who are into 88 films and collect uh, Blu-rays from that company, I got some good news for you because they're going to be putting out 1988's Dead Heat on uh, Blu-ray. The uh, Mark Goldblatt film starring Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. That one's going to be available January 30th. And uh, there's going to be some decent features on this one. Uh, it's got an audio commentary with director Mark Goldblatt. An interview with uh, special effects artist Steve Johnson. Some behind-the-scenes footage. Some deleted scenes. And a theatrical trailer. So... If you are looking to upgrade your old image entertainment uh, DVD to Blu-ray of Dead Heat, which is a pretty amusing horror comedy, pretty amusing uh, horror uh, cop buddy film, I should say. This is one I remember from when I was a kid. So yeah, it's you great. like that? It's totally great. You I believe should, it's uh, out on uh, US Blu-ray, and it's actually pretty, pretty cheap. Oh yeah, from Image. Yeah. Okay, that's right. what I thought. Yeah, I think it's image. Right. And uh, speaking of another film from my childhood that's getting a, a release, Kino Lorber has announced that it is putting out No Retreat, No Surrender, 
on Blu-ray on February 21st. It's not only going to be the first time on Blu-ray, it's also going to be the first time on DVD, apparently. Mm. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, the special features, there's the uh, the U.S. cut, which runs at about 85 minutes. And there's also an international cut, which comes in at 94 minutes. There's an interview with star Kurt McKinney, an audio commentary by screenwriter uh, Keith W. Strandberg, a reversible Blu-ray art, some uh, theatrical trailers and optical opti- optional English subtitles. So yeah, those of you looking for no retreat, no surrender, it's coming, and it's coming on February twenty first. And uh, next up, I guess I will uh, keep all you people. Uh, I think I've kept all you people in suspense enough. So let's talk about new Vestron videos coming. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've got uh parents and the lair of the white worm. Yeah. Now uh Fangoria put out the uh the special features list for uh parents. It's gonna have an audio commentary with director Bob Balaban and producer Bonnie Palaf. We've got an isolated score selection slash audio interview with composer Jonathan Elias. Four featurettes, Leftovers to Be with screenwriter Christopher Hawthorne. Mother's Day with actress Mary Beth Hurt. Inside Out with director of photography Robert Lingian. Vintage Tastes with decorative consultant Yolando Cuomo. Original theatrical trailer, radio spots, and a still gallery. And then we have <laughs> the Lair of the White Worm. Now we've got the uh, special features list from this, uh, from uh, Bloody Disgusting. We've got two audio commentaries, one with uh, director Ken Russell, Lisey Russell in conversation with film historian Matthew Melia, Worm Food, the effects of the Lair of the White Worm featurette, Cutting for Ken, an interview with editor Peter Davies, Mary Mary, an interview with actress Sammy Davis, Trailers from Hell featuring producer Dan Ireland, theatrical trailers, and still gallery. Now, both of these are going to be available for purchase on January 31st. We've covered no new- both of those uh, films on the uh, on the Screamcast in our yes. uh, Stream Screams segments. Yes, and um, I, actually, when I was a kid, I used to get uh, The Lair of the White Worm and The Serpent, of, Serpent <laughs> and the Rainbow mixed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's easy to do. Yep. Yeah, even though they're two completely different movies. I mean, The Serpent and the Rainbow is pretty good, but The Lair of the White Worm is just wild. That's another one I actually Bonkers. saw pretty recently. Still have yet to see Parents, but now we it's have great. our chance. It's fantastic. Nice. Still no word on Slaughter High yet, but just be patient, guys. It's gonna happen. It's gonna it's happen. Gonna I happen. guarantee you. Like if you have, I, I, I'm waiting for um, the Unholy. I really oh. hope they release the Unholy. Yeah, that's another relic from my video store yeah. shop. Yeah, I got a few. Like, cause they've had a, a handful of these that they threw all on these uh, horror, you know, DVDs, and I have. I, I think. Uh, I have that. that and this only reason I'm keeping it now is because the Unholy is on, on that DVD set. So if they release yeah. the Unholy in a, an HD glory, um, I'll be able to chuck this DVD aside. <laughs> Use it as a coaster. Yeah. Because they've been, they've been blowing these out of the water, man. Um, 
these Vestron video series. It's like I just uh, ordered Chud 2, and I don't like that movie. <laughs> and I just ordered it from Mike over at Grindhouse Video because they've been doing such a good job, and I want to hear the 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 other commentary, you know. So it's like <laughs> they're making me yeah, buy a movie. Explain yourselves. <laughs> Well, interestingly enough, uh, Chud 2 operates more as a night or as a uh, return of of the Living Dead sequel. So if you kind of think of it as that, then you'll be just fine. Interesting. Does not operate as a Chud sequel at all. But, you know, if you look at it on the same level as like uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 3, you know, just a wacky kind of one-off. I guess I, you know, get past the goofy humor. I guess I guess it could be fun. I'm gonna give it one more chance, especially since <laughs> I'm paying for it. But yeah, I really want to see the special features on that on that one. You know, so even so, they're even getting me to buy a movie I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yep, that's money well spent. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, well, I mentioned in the beginning of the show that it's not Thanksgiving yet. Well, it is going to be Thanksgiving pretty soon, and that means Black Friday. Well, our sponsors, Vinegar Syndrome, are having a Black Friday sale, which runs from uh, Friday, of course, November 25th through Monday, November 28th. And um, they've been teasing some pretty awesome stuff, or at least we hope that's pretty awesome stuff. I mean, we've already given you a, a taste of that the last episode when we told you about uh, Jack Frost and it's a uh, limited lenticular cover but um, also it's going to be 50% off pretty much everything on the site it's going to be the return of the yearly package starting with uh, their January package which I'll sort of get into in a moment they're also teasing two secret limited edition Blu-rays and two limited edition vinyl soundtracks Damn. and a whole bunch and a whole bunch more says them this is going to be wow, but we've all we've gotten some um, got some little teasers of what's going to come up next. Uh, they're putting out Taboo two and three on uh, in November. Uh, this is November. What am I talking about? It's going to be up for sa- it's going to be up for sale on Black on Black Friday weekend. But they're also going to be releasing Taboo four. In January, and uh, the pre-order for that one is also going to be up on uh, the Black Friday weekend. And in addition to that, we've also got a taste of what else? Oh, yeah. Also coming out in the January package. Don't answer the phone. Don't do it. Don't answer it. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, the uh, the uh, the ever so sleazy slasher film from 1979, starring uh, the guy that got turned into a little piggy thingamajig in the movie Swamp Thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna be that's also gonna be up for pre-order on uh, Black Friday weekend. But we also got uh, a little taste of what they're gonna be putting out next year later on down the line. They've got a couple of things. They've got Psychos in Love from 1987, uh, Kevin Tinney's uh, Witch Trap, not to be confused with uh, Witch Board, and also Slaughterhouse. Yes. 
So we're going to be expecting those in uh, sometime in early 2017 from Vinegar Syndrome. And, of course, I'm looking forward to Slaughterhouse because, yeah. <laughs> number one, that trailer is hilarious. But number two, this was uh, – uh, the box art for this stood out in my memory just roaming the horror section of the video store when I was a kid. I never did pick it up, but I'm really excited to you know make up for lost time and uh, get my hands on that one. Didn't uh, 88 Films release that? I want to say yes. But I'm not quite sure. I don't know if they were working on it. I still. think they did. I, I think they did. Cause I, had a, I know it had a red case. Yes, you're right. Yeah. It was, it was the red case that finally jogged my memory. Yep. And also coming out on uh, for uh, in the January package is a uh, double feature of Blood Mania and Point of Terror. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be also up for pre-order on Black Sweet. Friday. So I think that's everything. I mean, it, all of this was all of this vinegar syndrome stuff was uh, scattered all over the place. So trying to keep track of all of this <laughs> shit, um, just so um, just so I can get you guys pretty pumped up for this because there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm away from them this weekend. I'm for sure going to grab those uh, those two surprise uh, Blu-rays. I mean, every time they do this, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I I know when I did the uh, when I um, when they did the Indiegogo or whatever for Exploitation TV, they had their um, they had like a surprise Blu-ray, and that was I saw I have yet to watch it <laughs> behind, but uh, but I'm you know I'm so. I think it was like the Executioner's Part Two or something like that, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still need to watch that thing. But uh, they they <laughs> released it. Uh, you know, when all the Blu-rays went out, they didn't release it on Blu-ray for anyone to buy. They released it on a DVD, uh, like a double feature. So to jump on, you know, on that early is great. So yeah, I mean these these uh, special feature or these uh, special surprise ones, man. I'm I don't know. Apparently, one of them's a slasher film. Yeah. Yep. And they're just dying to tell everybody on, on Black Friday because uh. apparently they've been keep they've been they've been keeping they've been trying to keep it a secret for, for a long time, and I guess they just can't wait to let that out of the bag. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, just put up a link for me just to buy them right now. I don't care what they are. Just reserve <laughs> my copies, please. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's too bad. Awesome. I was hoping to take advantage of the Black Friday sale, but it looks like I can't do that. So, um, yeah, I'll probably just have to wait till a few days afterwards to finally, finally delve into Vinegar Syndrome product because tough, I only man. this time it is tough because there's all these all these sales. Everyone is having a sale. Well, I'm just broke as fuck. That's my problem. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not because I'm trying to choose between one company or the other or one thing yeah, or the yeah, other. Yeah. It's, it's just that I won't be able to on no, Black Friday. Tough. I won't. Yeah, it's tough. I but, mean, I'm going to be all, all. We're going to be basically trying to get Christmas handled for the kids. So we'll be we'll be we'll be joining you in the broke as fuck uh, <laughs> line in just a little bit for sure. Okay, well, I guess I'll stop making people's wallets cry right now because that's all I got, Sean. All right, man. Thank you very much. Josh, no problem. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you guys next week.
can't stand it anymore. Please let me stay close to you, Mama. Oh, my poor darling. Can you forgive me for having brought you to this terrible place? Of course, Mama. Oh, oh Mama. I love you so much. I need to feel you near me. I need to touch you. When I was a baby, you always used to hold me to your breast. I loved your breast so much, Mama. Michael! <laughs> What's wrong? I'm your son! Michael! Alright, so the first flick we're going to talk about today just came out recently on Severin. And this one uh, was highly anticipated. A lot of people were excited that uh, that it was coming out. Um, we'll be talking about Burial Ground. Um, this was released on... What was the label that released this first? Shriek uh, Show. Shriek Show. And uh, they released this and, you know, kind of a very much lackluster Blu-ray. I had got it for five bucks. Um looked pretty crappy, but I wasn't really expecting it to be great anyway. You know what I mean? It's just a, for me, it was just a goofy kind of zombie flick. But, um, Severin restored this, or, or someone restored this. Now, the 88 films released this as well, right? They Did they do the re- restoration yeah. process? So this is probably, the, I would expect, the same master that 88 films restored, or had restored. But that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, they both, I mean, I don't really mind the Shriek show release. I mean, it's obviously had, uh, you know, uh, better special features and a better package by by Severin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's got a slip. It's yeah, got a slip, bro. It's got a slip. Uh, I mean, it, it's... Um, it's actually a slip that I keep. Yeah, this, this slips. Yeah, slips are cool. But yeah, it's a it's a new scan of uh, I believe of the you know negative. I'm not 100. percent I know it's a 2K scan. I mean, it looks fucking it looks, great. It looks um, better than I mean, it should. Better, it's yeah, incredible. better than it should. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's by all means, it's way better than the Shriek Show. It's just with films like this, I don't know like how much better I want certain films look. And I'm super happy that obviously I'm going to purchase the Severin. Um, Blu-ray and throw out my Shriek show. But at times it's like, man, somebody's put in a lot of work into Burial Ground. The Night of Terror. But anyway. Yeah, this was released in 1981, directed by Andrea Bianchi. Yeah! Who is kind of iconic. So um, it's just odd that you know, if you let, let's, this is actually a good segue. I'm glad you brought his name up. Yeah, we got to talk I about mean, the director first. We we have Andrea Bianchi, who made some very great movies. Uh, you know, and I mean, he he started off with um, uh, working, kind of segging his way into the what the peeper saw, which is a a, a great film uh, from from the early 70s. Um, you know, of course, uh, what's his name that directed that shit? I can't think. Well, he directed, he, what, what the people saw? Yeah. He, well, he, he directed, he directed it as a, Andrew White. 
Right, but he but the other guy directed most of it. Oh. I can't I can't think of his name right now. However, I can't, I can't pull IMDb up fast enough. Sorry. So, um, you know, he he definitely James Kelly. His, yes, thank you. There we go. Uh, he put his work in, in into what the people saw. So. Such a great movie released by VCI recently this year. Um, you know, he has Strip Nude for Your Killer. He had um, that movie about, was it Whores? Yeah, The Seduction of the... God, I'm really... I need to start drinking before the show. Because <laughs> if I drink... Seduction like, of I'm, Angela? Um, no. No? It's not that. I don't want to just start listing off names. Exciting no, Love Girls? it's got a weird... It's got a weird name. It's, um... Like Mamba, oh Ma- oh, Mal- Mala Bimba. Yeah, Ma- it's like Mala, Mala Bimba, the, Mala the malicious, Bimba. the malicious whore or something huh. like that. Um, but anyway, I mean, he did. I believe he did that. I don't. I think he did that before Bearer Brown. But yeah. out, and, and, the, here, here, the, here, neither there. He's Go to the fridge, some, get yourself a cider, and come he, back. <laughs> he's made some <laughs> great films, and you know he's an accomplished filmmaker. And then he fucking makes Burial Ground, which obviously we love. I love Burial Burial Ground. I watched this like when I was younger. My mom would buy me a VHS lots. Like we would go on eBay, and I would be like, "Hey, here's some of my allowance," and she would like buy like seventy five dollars, like three hundred tapes at the time because you know they were cheap at the time that that box lots and we would get films like this and every thursday um basically uh we would watch a bunch of films together and throughout the week she would come into my room after you know my dad would go to bed my dad went to bed early and we would watch like a horror film a night great moments with my mom uh actually watched this with her and she was uh you know, there's a lot of moments I remember watching films with my mom. And I mentioned one, Don't Go Into the Woods, where it was the first time, you know, I realized you can laugh at a movie and have fun because my mom was cracking up and making fun of it. Well, Burial Ground, she kept on, like, kind of getting weirded out because of Peter Bark. Yeah, like, just a weird fucking character. Michael. It's a tit-biting scene. And she's <laughs> like, oh, God, what is going on? That's his mom. Um, and she's like, why does this movie have incest? Um, but just really funny moments, but you know, he's made all these films and then he makes burial ground, which is a blatant rip off. Uh, a lot of scenes ripped off from fucking zombie. Yeah. You know? yeah it is basically, you know, what, uh, young couples go to this vacation type spot. I don't know. And, uh, the dead start rising from the grave. Basically, right? I mean, in, in well, yeah. Way. I mean, they're cel- they're 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 um, you know celebrating. Uh, it's, like, it's like a big old estate, you know, right? And zombies just start attacking them. But there's like a lot of sequences, like the iconic scenes in Zombie, not just like you know plot devices. Mm-hmm. He stole iconic scenes from Zombie and just stuck them in his movie. I know this is very prominent. And this is, happens all the time. With Italian directors with with it. Italian directors, yeah. but. And I guess it happens with the you know popular Italian directors too. So I guess you know kind of negates what I'm saying about Andrew Bianchi. It just seems odd. Like people might like, oh, he's a you know goofy director made strip nude for your killer, but he, he's made some great movies in in, in my opinion. Uh, you know some hard hitting films. Yeah, nothing uh, quite I, as goofy as this thing. Um. 
Well, at, at, maybe a lot of Italian, a lot of Italian cinema is goofy. Look, okay, I haven't uh, seen to it us because it's at like it's kind of a lost in translation thing. I always say where you know, like Manhattan Baby, where we laugh, but this thing is apparently supposed to be pretty serious. But I think it all comes from kind of you know the dubbing that we had to deal with and stuff like that that made the movies a little bit more goofy. But Burial Ground just seems completely out of place for him at that time. Um, now, I haven't watched a ton of his films, like, after he made this, because a lot of them just aren't available over here. Um, but I, I've seen, you know, probably roughly about ten films of this director, and this is the only one that kind of feels completely out of place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's because of the blatant ripoff, because... You know, zombie films were ripped off, ripped off, ripped off from everybody, from, you know, the Americans making them, from the, even the Italians ripping off the Italians uh, of these films. But I, I just, I thought it was weird, you know, because some things would use soundtracks, some people would use kind of characters, uh, some would even use scenes of the movie in their movie. You know, like fucking cruel Jaws, like uses fucking scenes from like Jaws and Jaws 2 and shit like that, or Jaws 2 and 3. Um, but like he, you know, he has the splinter scene um, that you know uh, was her name Maria Paola, uh, who gets the fucking you know eyeball yeah. gouge scene. They have that. Uh, I feel like that happens. In a, I've seen that happen a lot in uh, these films. Everyone goes to the eye gouge. Yeah, the eye gouge. But this is very similar yeah. to the splinter uh, stab yeah. in in fucking zombie, and also when the you know zombies rise. You know, the zombies standing there, even they look the same. Um, but just all in all, just a really goofy movie. Doesn't he have a zombie in there with, like, the maggots and stuff coming out of yeah, the Yeah, no, he does. It's, it's kind of in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even though all that said, there's something so charming about this movie. And I know Peter Bark, Michael, plays... <laughs> a big portion of it because he's just such an <laughs> odd person. Like, I, I trying watched, to decide, is this a kid? Yeah. Or is this like a 50 year old man? I watched this on, uh, the day of, uh, friggin', uh, whenever the, the time changed daylight savings time. And so I was up early anyway. So it's like when it first shows him, like, you know, his eyes wide open, I had to take a picture of that and, uh, tweet that out, you know, waking up on daylight savings. Oh yeah, no, it's it's um, his eyes are ridiculous. Yeah, no, he's just he's got this very, um, you know, and I believe he is older. Yeah, he he had like a genetic uh, disorder that. Do they talk about younger. that in the in the? Because I didn't watch any special features. Do they talk about? Oh, Peter still lives. Oh, Q and A with actor. Oh man, I can't shit. <laughs> Damn it! I should have watched that. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But anyways, thinking, just to let, just to let people know, like there's um, uh, there's a Q and A with Q and A with him. Um, does this have? Because on the old Shriek Show uh, Blu-ray, they had actually had an uh, interview with the director and uh, and the mother. Um. Well, there's some there. no, yeah. At, did they transfer that over? Uh, I don't see an interview with the director. I see an interview with Simone uh, Mattioli. Oh well, there's a long and a producer uh, and an actor. Producer Gabriel. Uh, oh, that's that's a shame. You might want to keep your streak show. Oh. The interview is actually kind of good. Um, but anyways, yeah, Peter still lives. A festival Q and A with Peter Bark. Um, 
you know, so it, it's interesting. But even watching this as little, I, I was trying to decide. Like my mom was like, I remember her saying, "It's like, how old is this guy?" You know, and uh, old this kid, and you know, Peter Bark turns out to be, you know, fucking, you know, thirty years old or some shit, um, and he bites tits. I yeah, mean, I don't think they would let a kid go that far. That's what I, I think wanted. There's to rules. Be, is I wanted to be him, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not even the tit biting scene, which is obviously you know. Um, you know what a lot of the movie's known for is just that one scene where he bites his mom's breast. But there's this very weird incestuous, incestuous relationship. Yeah, it between the mom me out, man. and like the mom's getting banged down, and the kid's like, "Yeah, mom, what's going on? Let me see you." Yeah, and she's like kind of stripping down in front of her son and shit. And I'm like, this movie's crazy, you know. Uh, it's just so off the wall, but like I said, there's just something so so charming about the film that you just you know you don't want to look away. You, you know you're engaged in the entire film. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's funny. It's gory. And it has some weird themes. It has a big incest theme. It's super odd, um, but it also it's like. You know, you just can't help but laugh and have a good time with it, which is I, weird to say. Yeah, I had a lot more fun with this than I did with Doctor Butcher MD, and I, I kind of like what I kind of you know lumped. Always kind of thought of these together. Like whenever I, I don't know if it was the cover of Zombie Holocaust and then the uh, cover of Burial Ground, the Shriek Show cover of Burial Ground. Seeing those two together, I always kind of lumped them together. I, I, I could, I could, I could, I could see that, but but. It, it just, it's Italian zombie cinema. Yeah, yeah. But th- this has like a, um, I don't know, there's something a little more odd about it and I had more fun uh, with Burial Ground. I still, you know, Dr. Butcher MD is still on the list of uh, enjoyable, batshit, crazy Italian Which is funny that you mentioned that again because... Uh, zombie flicks. Because the fucking Dr. Butcher MD... Is filmed in the same area as Zombie. Yeah, yeah. No, they're it all like has some of the same sets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, Which, they all owe Zombie know, a hell of a lot, but then Zombie owes Romero a lot. You know what I mean? It's just funny how every, all of these kind of owe each other. And, and uh, well, you that, know. that's why I said it's like one big fucking incest family. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the point the director was trying to do. He was making a commentary mm. on the incestuous relationship uh, with Italian directors and, liking, say, I'm George Romero's uh, Night of Living Dead. I'm really liking this right now. <laughs> I, I like this. I, I like where you're going. I think I think that's it. I think there's more. There's a message. Bar- Barrel Ground is a message movie. This, this is this is where I just start getting boners. <laughs> You know, and, and, and this isn't like my big fear boner thing or, you know, I just get a boner. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, what's funny is this kind of opens up as it, it, it's very, you know, it's almost like they had a few porno scripts laying around. They just decided to throw those scenes into here and then, you know, turn it into the zombie film. That's that's what it kind of felt like as well. or Or a slasher, like, you know. Young couples always, they all meet up, they're at their destination, they all get a little frisky, then bad shit starts happening. Mm. 
There's a little bit of that element in there too. Yeah, there's also tit biting. And there's have we mentioned there's tit biting? Uh, it's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> the whole movie is just leading up to you know biting some tits. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, like we've said, this is the most notorious scene. But um, anyway, a lot of fun. Uh, Severin knocked this one out of the park. I'm you know. If you're if you're a fan of slipcovers, this one actually has different artwork than the actual Blu-ray, which is great. That's what a slipcover should do, and Severin gets it right. They did that with the um, David Franco flicks, where they had really kind of they had cool slipcovers with those. So I'm not yeah, anti-slipcover like some people the, have said. The art, the art is really fucking good. Oh too. yeah. Uh, who's who's the artist on this? He's, I don't know, but they did oh, a Wes, really fucking job. Let me look. Wes Boscoder. Probably pronounced that wrong. He Good signed job, it very man. legible. Like, God damn it, I'm really happy about this. I'm going to make my shirt, sure my name is super legible right on the cover. I like <laughs> Hire <it>. me. <laughs> but yeah, this, this, thing, this thing is great, man. Um, very happy of the films that Severin has picked up. And they have some other ones on the way. I need to... I need to, they they released that um, documentary. Oh shit! What's it called? Murder in America. Is that right? Where's that? Killing, killing, killing in America. I need to I need to watch that. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that and report back next show because uh, Severin has some really badass stuff coming out and that I really wanted to start uh, highlighting more. But uh, burial ground, yeah, I think is a full on recommendation from us. Oh yeah, I mean if you haven't. Like, I know that there's probably a lot of people that aren't the biggest fans of, you know, Italian cinema, um, just through kind of its history. But I, I, I really think there's a lot in this one to, yeah, this you is, know, this have is one of the enjoyable time. ones. Yeah. There's a lot here. If you like, if you're a fan of batshit, you know, movies, you know, this is, there's a ton to enjoy in Burial Ground for sure. It's not like a serious, great film, but goddamn, it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and you said that there's a there's an interview that's on the Shriek show that's not on here, huh? Uh, from the looks of it, I mean, I have like obviously I haven't dug into the uh, special features because you know I basically called myself out on it. Um, but uh, yeah, there's an interview with with the, the with the, the you know the, the lady that plays the mother and um, you know the director, and it's actually pretty pretty good because. You know, they know at that point their film is like this, uh, you know, cult classic, and you know they just kind of talk about it. So it, it's pretty cool. But cool. anyways, here we go. I'm trying to see who the actress was. Who was the mother? Oh, e- Evelyn, right? Anyway, because mm. there's an interview with with uh, uh, Mary Angela Giordana. That's who, who, that's who plays. Yeah, that's who is the mom. So maybe okay. it might be that. And it's with, but it's with the producer, not with the director. So I don't know. Oh. Double, double check, double check your shit. Just I need you to sure. relax. I'm relaxed. All right, uh, moving along. Let's jump into some stream screams. Oh yeah, Nate, wake up. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me. Scream, I'll break your neck. 
Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. All right. Well, we are... I mean, this is kind of perfect timing for this, because, like, Thanksgiving, by the time you guys listen to this, Thanksgiving will be upon us. Uh, by the time this gets into your guys' podcast feeds, you'll either be on Thanksgiving, ignoring your family and listening to our podcast, which I don't recommend. Go spend some time, go spend some time with your family. Uh, or you're listening to the weekend after Thanksgiving. And <clears throat> and all of us at this around this time, we all start trying to find the... You know, the Christmas horror films that we, you know, watch every year or are trying to find some new ones. I'm always on the lookout for at least a couple I haven't seen. And I'd always heard people talk about 2007's P2. Angela, are you okay? I didn't mean to scare you. What happened to my clothes? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? I've seen you drive out of here so many times. It's strange being with you. It's great, actually. And when it first came out, I kind of ignored this thing. I was like, oh, it's just a stupid slasher. And just just like a girl and a guy? What kind of, you know, what kind of movie is that? And oh, is this your first time seeing it? This was it? my first time seeing it, man. Oh. I'd always avoided it because I was always like, oh, that's stupid. Stupid. It, it looks. It looks stupid. But yet, you spent fourteen dollars on Tarzan <laughs> and liked Independence Day. Yeah, got it. <laughs> Go ahead. I uh, I'm a very complicated person, Brad. It, uh, trust me. After almost three years, I know. <laughs> but um, this is a solid horror thriller uh, with some dude, some surprising gore. In this thing, you can tell that Alexander Aja had a little, uh, a little bit of, you know. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the, what's his name? The director is what the Calfoon, yeah, Frog, Aja, and then Calfoon. Uh, um, the other one of the other producers. I mean, these guys worked on, you know, yeah. the Hills Have Eyes together. They worked on Maniac. I mean, this is obviously this is the director of Maniac. Um, you know, visually, he's he's a great director when he has Hasha uh, behind him. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they all really work well off one another. This is a simple little, you know, s- small cast. I mean, there's a there's a handful of people here in the credits, but, I mean, it's basically Wes Bentley uh, playing the security guard and then Rachel Nichols and locked in a parking garage on – what like Christmas Eve or like the week of yeah, Christmas? It's during, like, yeah, during Christmas. You know, yeah. so um, and it's a cat and mouse, you know, type thriller, and you know, like there's, it's like Wes Bentley's the perfect actor to kind of play this, you know, yeah, he's nice he's guy great. turned he's a little underrated. Man. He's a little underrated too, you know, because at first you're like, oh, this guy's a little bit, he's just a little bit off, he's a little creepy. I mean, he's a little rapey. Uh, you know, in, in a sense, but I mean, you kind of like, well, maybe he's not as bad. Maybe he's just misunderstood. And as things progress, you realize, sure you know, you know. It's a, it's a rapey <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, but, um, but the kind of cat, like I, I really got into it once the cat and mouse game kind of started where she's, you know, trying to get away from him, trying to get out of this, uh, uh, this parking garage. I mean, the lead up all the way to these moments is pretty great. Like, it doesn't rush into things, 
you know, like a lot of movies want to just rush into all the, the gore and, and the suspense. Like it actually, you, it builds character. You really get to kind of like, um, uh, Angela, which is Rachel Nichols character. You, you know, you kind of, you get a sense to, you know, her job and the things she, she's, uh, dealt with in her job with, with people, with the other men in her office, her relationship with her family that she's trying to go see. And you like, it does a really good job through many moments, like uh, of you to actually get to know her and like other movies have tried this, like the shallows tried this, but it failed. I thought Ooh. using, using those extra family moments and phone calls, to try to build character. Like it just failed all the way. The shallows failed, like as far as that went. And, um, but this like gets it right. Like you actually, f- you feel for the situation she's in. Like I, you, you know, I mean, how many times have, you can kind of relate, like you're being stranded somewhere you don't want to be, and you have you're supposed to meet your family or friends somewhere else, and you're just stuck. You know, like that moment really, they they really hit it with with this film. Like I was surprised, like how much I really dug the film, and and I I was on the edge of my seat, like as the film progressed. Like I was really in- interested to see, like you know, where this would go, and and the brief moments of violence, man, they go. They go nuts. Well, I think, you know, it. this is a film that I, I you know, saw, I think, during its release. And I, I didn't go apeshit over it. Um, I just kind of did a shrug. But this is, like, I think my third or fourth time watching it. And, and I, I do enjoy it um, a lot more because I, I look at different aspects of it. Like, I, I love the sense of isolation mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the – you know, the atmosphere that the, the film's in, it, you know, it is very, you know, it, 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 it follows a very basic formula. Yeah. However, with the atmosphere that is surrounding it and Wes Bentley's performance, uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's a little over the top. No, I just felt like he was a total, complete <laughs> fucking psycho. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he's kept his job as long as he has. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't look at it as you know him like you know being some weirdo. I just look at it as like, man, this guy's you know obviously a decent actor and like you know really knows how to be creepy, but also you know kind of charming at the same time in a way. Like yeah. he, like you said, he's kind of like maybe misunderstood. Well, but he's I, just a, like, he's just a fucking psycho. When you first meet him, you're like, oh. Cause I, dude, I went to this movie knowing nothing. Like I, I, you know, and, and I was just like, well, you know, I'm always weird. Like I don't want to get into, you know, any too deep on anything in case there's people who haven't listened. But I mean, you know, you, you want to just, you kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt when you first meet him, you know? Um, right. And, uh, yeah, he plays it off so well. Uh, at least for a while, you're kind of maybe guessing, but they, they let you know pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, I, I think, you know, you obviously know where the movie's going to go. It's only them. You know, it's just, like I said, it, it's just the way it's presented is pretty cool. Yeah. So de- definitely watch it. I mean, if you're a fan of Asha and, you know, Calhoun, who's done, you know, a, a handful of uh, decent films, well, I guess, I, his I he made a movie called, like, I Live or something like that, and it wasn't that great. Um, I never watched that Cuba the, the director. Yeah, I never watched that Cuba Gooding Jr. film that he made. 
Um, but I, I think he's doing the new Amityville movie. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of turns out. I love the Amityville story. So I'm excited to, you know, see that on the big screen again. But, um, yeah, I think both of those guys are, uh, you know, well, the trio, they're, you know, they work well off one another. They, they do a great job. So I'm kind of excited to see what they see. Because I love Maniac, you know, and I love the atmosphere that Maniac has, you know, the hardcore gore it has. So uh, after I actually Maniac came out, I've seen P2 twice. And, you know, I enjoy it more, um, I think, after watching Maniac. Because, you know, I just, I can see kind of, you know, the stuff that they were kind of going for with P2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, I, it's funny because, like, at first I thought um, when I saw the trailer, or whatever, that they were being kind of exploitive, like with with her, like wearing the dress. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but as I watched it, it kind of I, I got the context of why she's wearing that low cut dress and everything. But I, I, at first, I thought it was just going to be some stupid, you know, exploitive type slasher, basically. You know, and that from no, the poster, no, I, I, I from the trailer, that's kind of what I, I guess, expected, and that's why I guess that's why I never really, you know, gave it a shot. I just thought it was just gonna be a stupid slasher, but yeah. yeah, it's more than that, man. It's it's very tense. It's very, you know, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, there's not it's not very Hitchcockian. It kind of no, sort of no. is. It's just, it, it but it's just a, a simple setup. Yeah, it's a simple setup with a decent ex- execution. This came out on uh, HD DVD. Yeah, back when that all that was going down, it never came out on US uh, Blu-ray. I believe it is on a couple. Like the UK Blu-ray is out of print, so super expensive. And I think that there is a either Italian or Spanish uh, Blu-ray that's uh, that is available on. But I found when I just really wanted to watch it, but I did find it on Vudu. Um, voodoo.com. $7.99. Yeah, super cheap, and it's HD. It looks great. And so. you can also watch um, you can also watch it free with ads. Oh, shit. There you go. If you, uh, that's one of their free with ads movies. Oh, nice. So, there you go. You're It's free. You have no complaints. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Give it a, give it a watch, especially uh, add it to your Christmas horror viewing list. Uh, I doubt you'll be disappointed. Yeah. So, good stuff, man. All right, moving along. Let's jump into our... Man, we haven't done this in a while. VHS, oh my God. Nikki. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Oh my God! Today, uh, for this segment, we are talking about 1991's Street Soldiers. Now, this is one of the films that um, I was going to mention on the Splat, my Splat House segment, but because I threw a bunch of bullshit in Splat there. Splatcast. Yeah, I'm never going to live that down. Uh, but because I tried to get all crazy and technical and add, you know, fun uh, clips and stuff like that into my segment, it got cut. But. This was directed by Lee Harry. He directed um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Garbage Day. <laughs> Which explains a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, 
This is uh, the thing that caught me when I first when I was kind of going through and finding movies that I would talk about and recommend. This was one I hadn't seen, and I played the trailer, and I saw that you know I I love late '80s, early '90s uh, street gangs and how they're portrayed, and I don't know if this goes back all the way. I remember in the late '80s in one of the Transformers cartoons, there was a New York uh, one. It was in New York, and there was uh, one of the Transformers was a break dancer, or he was, or he was a, yeah, he was into break dancing. It was break dancing uh, gangs and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, I've always liked the whole that dynamic, right, of the late '80s, early '90s, like street gang stuff, kind of over the top outfits. You know what I mean? Just a little bit too much going on with their outfits. So I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen this. This look right, looks right up my alley, just goofy action flick. And I saw that it was directed by Lee Harry, who had directed by The Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So I was like, I better check this out. So I watched it, and then, Brad, I let you know that we should do this for the VHS Oh My God segment. I thought we agreed there would be no violence while I was away. We agreed that random acts could splinter little group and make it seem as if no one was in control and we all know who's in control don't we just what the hell are you doing here thanks fighter it's nice to be back Yeah, and this was this was a first time for me, so, so I, I I didn't know really I, I can't what to believe, expect. I can't believe I've you never hadn't even seen it. heard of it. Oh my I've god, never even heard of it. So basically, uh, this uh, leader of a gang gets out of prison. He learns that his like girlfriend, uh, ex girlfriend, uh, digs a guy who's in a rival gang, and you know, shit goes down. It's it's kind of like a cheap ass like warriors, yeah. Okay. In a way. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it, it's just, just you know, we have the character, of course, priest, who is a hundred percent over the top. <laughs> He's absolutely ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous. He's talking and, like this the whole movie. Yeah, dude. This guy had probably fucking sore throat, like. <laughs> All the fucking time. Um, but such a great, like, you know, great lead villain. Um, Over-the-top dialogue. There's one sequence where he has the girl, and he's, like, holding her by her throat. And he says, I hope you have Blue Cross, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. What? Like, are you going to hurt her? Like, priest, Relax. But, I mean, he's just so over the top because, like, as soon as he, like, gets out of prison, they hand him, like, brass knuckles and a yeah. knife. He's like, let's go get these motherfuckers. Isn't, isn't that when you know? he, he gives the guy, uh, one of his little henchmen, a gift of a cobra? Yeah. And <laughs> the fake cobra? Well, here's the thing is that, yes, obviously it's fake. But I thought it was a fake cobra in the movie. Like, I thought, like, obviously it's a fake Cobra because, you know, they're going to hold, you know, real Cobra to their face. But I was like, oh. But maybe that's the guy's deal. Like, maybe it really was a fake Cobra. You know, because when he opens up the box, it pops up like one of those gag snake gifts. 
You ever have one of those things yeah. where you like open a box and like, you know, the fake snake comes out and gets you and you open it up and I was like, oh, huh, this guy has a sense of humor. But no, that's supposed to be a real it's snake. It's supposed to be a real snake. And I didn't get that until kind of the end of the movie. When he tries to use it as like a weapon, basically. Yeah, and like, you know, the fucking snake, like, <laughs> he just like chops it in half and it fucking dies. And I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea that was supposed to be a real snake. I thought it was just kind of a gag. But it was like 100% for reals. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I liked it because there, it's just, it's one of those, you know, action movies that's just so silly and charming. And you just have a really good time with it. You'll you, like it's almost one of those things that the more you watch it, the more you have fun with it. Because then you can kind of pick up on all like kind of the goopy shit they do. Like there's one part where um, they're running from the rival gang that priest that priest is running, and they're kind of out in the middle of the street, and they're running up uh, these stairs to a bridge. And so the gang's like rushing up after these three guys, and for some reason, there's just a really tall cardboard box in the corner of the steps and they throw that cardboard box down the steps and it just hits all the bad guys. <laughs> and these bad guys are falling backwards they're falling down the steps. And it's literally just an empty box. That's no bigger than probably the uh, taller than their waist. Yeah. But this thing is knocking people down, man. Um, but just, it's just goofy shit like that. It just makes me laugh. And, you know, I can really have uh fun. Is with- it? with films like this. Oh yeah. Isn't it supposed to, isn't like the gang, the tigers, like, aren't they supposed to be in high school or at least? The yeah. Cause they call them schoolies. Yeah. 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 Because the, the like, whole oh, point you, is he's, you get hassled by, by a bunch of schoolies. <laughs> Cause he's taking this uh, guy's this ex-girlfriend guy to dance. To Batman. <laughs> I know. The guy that plays priest would have been uh, a good Batman, but he's like, Hey, they're on our turf. <laughs> yeah. You getting you're getting schooled by a bunch of schoolies out there. I'm going to show them who's boss. They got my bitch. And it's like, <laughs> dude, Batman. Um, dude, see, like right now I can barely, I can barely talk. <sighs> so you're hurting my throat just thinking about it. Just hearing you. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> priest probably never worked again. Cause he probably became, you know, he, he, speak. Uh, he did a lot of TV. It looks like a lot of just bad TV. Uh, he was in how he met your mother. Oh my uh, God. Oh, he's in a movie called Bermuda Tentacles from 2014. That sounds amazing. I guarantee that was uh I hope that he sci-fi. like But I'm hoping that he plays priest in every movie. He's in a movie called Ah Roach. That's there's exclamation points after ah and exclamation exclamation points after please Roach. Don't ever 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 do that again. <laughs> uh you know, there's a movie called Selfie Shootout, and okay, the okay, S in selfie is a dollar priest. sign. Can we not talk about Priest's character <laughs> filmography? Uh, um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good pick. Um, if you can, track it down. It's only been released on VHS, of course, because that's what the segment's based off of. But if you, if you have your higher powers and special, special magic. Um, you know, you're able to, uh, find this, uh, certain ways. You can so, find it pretty um, easily. Yeah. I, I would highly suggest it. Grab some friends, say, Hey, you want to watch something goofy? 
and and watch this, and you will have um, you will have a good time, no no doubt. Like I, it, I, I it, wish it, it's a good buddy movie. Yeah, this is a movie that I would have. I mean, I I haven't done this in a while just because I don't have the circle of those close like circle of friends around here. Because we used to rent bad. It was bad movie Fridays. We would go out and just rent the stupidest shit we can find and just have drinks and have a blast. Like I wish I would have found that back then when I was doing that because we would have had this would have this would have ended up in like. You know the pantheon of uh, of fun movie nights. Like we would have had a blast with this. Yeah, it's those, it's those it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know it's a it's a crappy night early nineties. No, no, uh, no. uh, see, I don't arts. believe in that. I, I don't believe in saying bad or crappy. I mean, crappy in the most. I mean, no. I, I, no. I, I mean, I love. Well, I, I always say I love crappy. Uh, Either you like a movie or you action don't. flicks. But either you like a movie or you don't. Yeah. So I can't I can't go ahead and say something that this movie is crappy by any means because this is better than most of the pieces of shit that I watch. This I will say this is better than Independence Day Resurgence. I'll I'll give it that. Well, of course, it, it's <laughs> it's it, it's it's a really fun and 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 great movie. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's better than your average average film that you're watching like it you know it may not be you know well made in that sense but you know it it has you know a lot of charm it has a lot of great moments like you know i i don't know what more you want in a movie than that like when, when when i watch a movie i want you know um a story of course which there's that I want uh, likable characters, which we have. Likeable, we have a likable villain. You know, we have a likable antagonist, and we have a likable protagonist. We have, um, you know, we have a decent, a decent, uh, you know, soundtrack. <laughs> oh yeah, like, man! The fucking soundtrack to the movie is glorious, dude. When they're in the in the mall in the in the clothing store, the song that's playing is bumping. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of great uh, songs in the film. You know, it's it's you know competent in the way it's you know shot. Um, it's a great time. You laugh uh, a lot. So, what more do you want? I don't like, know, man. There's there's not much more that you want in a film, and it, and it has it all. So that's why I'm a firm believer: is if you like a movie, no matter what the budget is or how goofy people say it is, like if that's your jam. Then I consider that a good movie. Yeah, like I'm not. There's no way, shape, or form I'm going to say Street Shoulders is a crappy movie in the sense of like, oh, so crappy it's good because then that doesn't appeal to me. Right, and that's like, not how I mean it. I'm, you know, no, no, I, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying to the audience, right. like, you know, I, I don't believe in so bad it's good because it's not bad if you like it. Like, you know, you don't eat food and say, oh, man, this is so fucking awful. It's so good. <laughs> like, that's that's how There's I a few YouTube at. channels that they do that just for clicks. But, you know, oh, you know, but it's it, I, I don't look at it that way. There's nothing else. You'd be like, oh, man, this car is so fucking awful. It's great. Like nothing else. You'd say that. And I understand the term. Yeah. Like, it's not like I don't understand. I understand it. But also at the same time, I'm like, I like something. Yeah, no, I like, I love Street Soldiers. I like I, movies know. like this. That's the thing. Like other people may think 
it's a complete piece of crap, but I I genuinely like find enjoyment out of this. Even even the quote unquote bad moments, if they if it makes me laugh and I can see that, you know, and it's not like they're just incompetent. It's just you can tell there's a fine line, and I always try to like my wife is always like trying to understand like how a movie could be bad, but I still like it. You know what I mean? Like there's like a fine line. Like if you can tell, like, but it's not bad. Well, in in her in like her mind, in her mind, you know what I mean? Like. And I, I'm watching a movie. I'm like, this movie is amazing. And she's like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. How do you can say it's amazing? But if you can, if it's, it's a fine line, there's a there's maybe a, she's just not seeing the charm. In she's it. not. There's a straight up bad movie where everyone's lazy. Nobody's you know everyone's just trying to get it done, and, and no, there's no inspiration. You know what I mean to it. But then there's the movies that yeah, they may not have all the deck may be uh, stacked against them in this film, like budget or acting talent, but you can tell that they were uh, in the making of the film enthusiastic and, and and believed in what they were doing and having, you know what I mean, like giving it their all, like um, these aren't half-assed, like, fight scenes. Like, you can tell, like, they actually were doing choreography. They actually, you know, I don't know. There's just, there's a special charm to the film that I like, you know. Yeah, no, I mean... So that's, it, that's why I like these movies that could be yeah. considered, like, just a crappy flick. Like, no, it's... it's for I There's a fine line between crappy and enjoyable in that sense. But um, have you seen... Uh, I know one of the actors in this, June Kim, he was in Silent Assassins and L.A. Street Fighters. Have you seen those? I've seen L.A. Street Fighters. I okay. have that. But um, Silent Assassins, I'm not... Um, I don't recall. I mean the the poster looks amazing. It's but like, that doesn't mean that I haven't seen it. It's a guy a lot, and a gal. A lot of those movies uh, run together for yeah. me. Well, it's 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 your basic action flick like poster: a guy and a gal in the forefront holding guns, uh, but there's silhouettes of ninjas in back of them. Oh shit! They need to track this one down. You know what that means? Fucking ninjas! Hell yes! All right. Well, that was uh, Street Soldiers. Check it out. Fine, you'll, you'll you'll have a good time. Grab some flicks and some friends, and uh, beers. And you're welcome. You might want some. You might want some beers too. Oh yeah, definitely. PBR if you got it. These types of movies, I feel like you just need to drink crappy beer and and just get you really let it all sink in. <laughs> let it really sink in. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I was watching. Uh, oh gosh, what movie is that? It's a it's a New Year's flick with Chuck Norris. Um, oh god, or it, it's it could be a Christmas flick. Damn it! Whoa, Christmas with Chuck Norris. Yeah, um, I think it's more New Year's. But he rescues everyone, and of course, as they're getting on the plane after he rescues everyone, they're like throwing Bud Lights all or Budweisers all around to everyone in the plane. Yeah, they're happy. celebrating with Budweiser. Oh, Invasion USA! Of course, they're gonna. Have I haven't seen Budweiser, that dude. Invasion that USA makes sense. Is makes awesome. sense. It's Budweiser. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for this week's podcast, man. We I didn't, had a, I had a great time. We didn't do a three-hour friggin' gag your ears with uh, you know crazy talk. Hey, I think people would still love it. I think so too. Um, we want to thank all of you guys for listening. Like, like we said earlier, if you want to support the show, uh, buy, buy, uh, some enamel pins, uh, throw us a tip via PayPal on the, uh, donate link over at thescreamcast.com. 
or uh, just support our sponsors, Coffee Shop of Horrors, Grindhouse Video, who uh, by the time you hear this, you may only have like a day or two left in his Arrow sale. Uh, jump on that before it uh, before you lose your chance. Um, and uh, all of our other, other sponsors, of course, Vinegar Syndrome and... Um, I'm waiting for the internet to load. Damn you. Well, uh, Coffee Shop of Horse, Grindhouse Video, Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. And of course, music by Wolfman of Mars. Buy all their music. Uh, they have a new album out. Uh, they've been releasing music like crazy this year. Have you noticed that? I feel like they've released like three albums. Yeah. I mean, they've they released... Need they, may need a, they may need to relax. Settle down. I'm trying to find their newest one right now. Uh, the Witch, the Goat, and the Manevolent Spirit. Ooh. I think that's the newest one. Or is Warp Suburbium their newest one? I can't keep up. I can't keep up. I think Warp Suburbium actually is their newest. I don't know. They got a bunch of shit over their uh, Bandcamp, wolfmenofmars.bandcamp.com. Uh, also, art by Kevin Spencer. Check out his stuff. All this is available over at thescreamcast.com slash sponsors. You can find all of our um, social media links over there as well. And um, hope you guys all had a uh, fantastic Thanksgiving. Um, we're gonna, we have some special treats in store for you in December. We're going to do a mega Vinegar Syndrome um, episode. episode. And uh, we got to do our end of year picks before the year ends. Oh, so yeah. that's what we got on the table for for December. We'll talk to all of you guys next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.